It's your dream. It's your home. It's your custom home. The Custom Made Easy Podcast. And here's your host, Patrick Quinn. It is the Custom Made Easy Podcast brought to you by Home Source Custom Homes, the preferred custom home builder since 1984. We build custom homes for less. And I'm Patrick Quinn and Joe Courtney, the owner. How are you? Is with me. I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing great. We are in Arnold, right off of I-55. If you hear some trucks driving by and cars driving by, the business is going well for you, correct? That's, that's right. We so, hear some horns beeping. Uh, <laughs> seen a few accidents in front of them. Probably looking at the place. Yeah, no. pro- they probably because it it definitely stands out. Yeah. Well, we got our office is a custom home, and then we also have a log home. Display also. I have not been in the log home, but the custom home that you guys have out here, it from the beginning gives you options, gives you ideas, lets you see what things can look like right. and what you can do. There's a lot here, actually. Uh, and then there's some interesting engineering on our great room floor, too. It's a big open area with a huge atrium hole mm-hmm. in it, which has no support. But it's, it's pretty interesting engineering-wise, that. And, and that's the kind of stuff that excites me, you know, and it keeps me doing what I'm doing. But we've also done a lot of things. So, like, we got an aggregate porch in the front, on the front porch. We got an aggregate co- po- uh, porch in the back, but it's different gravel. So you can do di- two different styles of rock showing through the concrete. You can just come here and look at it. Our deck is uh, timber tech, which is what we like a lot for maintenance-free decks. So we've done a bunch of different colors so you can actually see them. And feel so you'll actually walk a customer through some of these things of what they could look like. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's amazing. A lot of people already know about this stuff. So like our front porch is suspended concrete. So underneath it, we have all of our files from all of our customers in there. But it's like a fire safe room. And a lot of people are doing that for like a gun room or like a wine cellar. Wine or, cellars are very popular yeah, these days. Cellar, you know. My father-in-law so. does heating and air. Yep. And for his dentist... His dentist had him put in the uh, the cooling system for the wine cellar. Okay, yeah. The way you have to put in a cooling system for a wine se- uh, cellar is amazing. Everything has to be sealed properly. Yeah. It's kind of like if you're going to seal up a room for cigars, too. Right. It has to be a perfect temperature. You can't walk in and out yeah. as much. And the process just takes a little bit longer. Right. But it's popular. Right. People are wanting to have these things because they want to host parties and show these things off. That's right. It's just another amenity that you can do if you have a custom home. It is, too. And it's really like with the front porch. And I know we're going to be talking about foundations a lot here, so this fits right into it. I either fill this whole front porch up with gravel or we do a suspended concrete floor. And then now you have space underneath your floor, like usable space. So per square foot, it costs more to do this, but per square foot, it's cheaper it's cheap square foot. You're using every space possible. Let's, in this podcast, this is podcast number four, why don't we talk about from the ground up? So um, okay. most of the homes that you're building, I'm assuming here, I don't know for sure, but they they have basements, right? Yeah, so almost 90, um, 99%, I would say, have a basement. Yeah, because if you're going to build a custom home, especially if, if you're going to build any kind of home, in my opinion, you got to have a basement. You yeah. just got to. No, I'm, I'm with you. So yeah. we do get people to come in here and say, I want it on a slab. And then we go look at their lot, and it's not level. You have to be almost perfectly level for a slab. Otherwise, you're, you're basically building a foundation to make it level. 
right? Well, you may as well have a basement. And this point. is Missouri. It is, right, yeah. So, so everything is going to be level. not on level. Yeah, right, yeah, level. Uh, I've seen it, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's very rare. And then, you know, the customer says, oh, my lot's level, and I go out there. Well, there's five foot of difference from the front of the house to yeah. the back, and that's a perfect walkout. Like anywhere six to five feet, that's, that's a walkout lot. A lot of people want to have above ground pools. Well, you have to have a level lot for that as you, well. You do, yeah. And you do have to pay a lot to yeah. get that leveled. Yeah. And, <laughs> but you can do, like, a retaining wall. Like, you can achieve all your goals. There's there's ways to do it. If you are out of level, putting a retaining wall in to get your in-ground pool in. Which is important in it Missouri. Is. Oh, yeah, yeah. When we want to start building the home, what's the first thing that you do when you're looking at these lots that are not level? Is there anything that, as a custom home consumer, what are you going to surprise me with? Are there, are there any surprise costs? Yeah. Anything that you're going to go like, oh, because I watch these HGTV shows and they always got some kind of surprise. Yeah. So what do you find? With digging, obviously, we can't see under the ground. There are a few signs we can see, but they're not a science or anything. A cedar tree, for instance, doesn't need a whole lot of dirt to, to root. So if there's a bunch of cedar trees on your lot, it's possible there's rock there, but it doesn't mean there's rock there. That's something we look for. And then also, if there's rock shelves, showing on top of the ground we'll, we'll look for that and then we got a pretty good idea you might hit rock we still don't know that it could just be one or two rocks that are semi-big that are just protruding up so if you hit rock does that mean i have to pay for that rock to be moved out of there yes. okay yeah so them are kind of unknowns now like when we're doing a site inspection and we see that stuff we would say well there's a possibility you could hit rock and then again most of the time when we hit rock see see we're we're digging down it's usually a corner of of the house that we can't get this rock out we mm -hmm. gotta get the the uh, hammer drill in there to chip it out it's it's not like you gotta chip rock on the whole house usually i mean we've had that happen get your tooth in the ground and you're you're hitting rocks two things you can do get a chipper or blast blasting is uh, a little dangerous you know when the dynamite lights and they put a tarp over it rocks somehow find their way out and yeah they can fly pretty far and damage a neighbor's house so we like to get the biggest chipper we can get biggest one we can get out there because it's going to hit that rock harder and break it up quicker the cost of the machine is a little bit more but your time on the machine is a lot less and you're getting charged by the hour when they start chipping and the average house we usually get it out in a day i tell people 25 to three thousand dollars a day and then to explain that a little bit you've got a guy on the machine chipping the rock and right. then you got another guy removing the rock so you got and then do you have another guy you got two operators the... two equipment and then uh depending on the lot like sometimes you can put this rock somewhere spread it out to level out an area for you Sometimes you have to remove it, so then there's some hauling fees. But, but when you're talking about three thousand, four thousand dollars, that's pretty small compared to the entire cost of the right. Home. But it's hidden. It you is. It, I mean? it is a so hidden it's cost. Like something you weren't planning on. You know what I mean? But it does happen. And so do you tell your customers that they should probably plan for some kind of hidden fee somewhere down the line? We talk about it. So uh, what is the extent of that conversation? Just that this could happen. And if we do what we tell them, listen, it's, you know, let's just say $3,000 a day. And really most of the time, day, day and a half, we got it out of there. So they kind of know in their head the, the cost up front and they're, they're planning for it. And then, like I say, the other thing that could happen is the plastic soil. So this, this happens a, a lot in St. Charles. It, oh, yeah? Why yeah. is that? Well, uh, plastic soil, when it gets wet, it expands and contracts. That 
can actually crack your foundation. Oh, really? Because I, I don't yeah. know anything about plastic soil. What yeah, is that? Yeah, so it's, when you see it, it's like an orangey, brown, red, rusty colored dirt. Oh, Stains oh, your yeah. clothes pretty good. I, I know what yeah. you're saying, too, now. <laughs> yes, okay. Anyway, when you break it, it kind of breaks in a, in a, a clean Like a brittle? It, it doesn't crumble. It, it breaks like in a clean break. I mean, that's one way. Check. We have a soils engineer come out and, and tell us, is it... So if you're on plastic soil, what does that mean to me as the customer? So the fix for that usually is to overdig the foundation. So let's say I'm digging down 8 foot. Mm -hmm. I'd have to dig down 10 foot and then fill that back up with 2 foot of gravel to get back up to my 8 foot. And it's usually like a 3 quarter, 1 inch clean rock that can be compacted every foot uh, to get you back up on stable stable ground. Good good thing about that is now you got to good filtration system underneath your foundation because all that rock can actually you can get two foot of water under your house before it even starts to come up floor right which is a good filtration system uh the bad thing is the cost of the gravel that you're never going to see again now in Jefferson county we got plastic soil a lot too but there's a lot of rock content in the plastic soil so when the soil guy comes out here he's looking at all this stuff and the more rock you have the less it will move and a lot of times here you're okay but like I say when we get down to where we put our footings we call the engineer every time on every house and we check it so we make sure that you're on a solid solid ground and something suitable for a house so if i'm on solid ground and you're ready to build uh -huh. you're going to put my basement in yep. how is that wall going to be different than the than the walls that will be on the second floor or on the, on the first floor of the home the only difference is the we got concrete versus wood really uh yeah. the, the important thing is the footing like the house all the way to the house is on this footing. And that's the first thing you do. Excavate it, footing, and then your foundation walls. So how's that footing put in the home along with the, the concrete? Basically, uh, they're typically two foot wide, eight inches deep, and then we got rebar, two rows of rebar going through. Now, some houses, uh, depending on two-story or not, they may widen the footing out a little bit and say maybe a 30-inch footing instead of 24 inches wide. If the soil's not very, very good, like sometimes we can go to like a four-foot footing, which they'd call that like a floating footing. It's just it's mm. just more width to take the weight of the house. Because Lord knows these Missouri pieces of property, they shift. Yeah, yeah. Well, if not necessarily. Oh, I'm seeing it in my my neighborhood. Well, you probably got plastic soil. You yeah. know what I mean? Cause yeah. It's it's allowing it to move. You know yeah. what I mean? But so you're it, saying what St. Louis County has uh, a lot of plastic soil? You can. You can uh, it could be anywhere. Yeah. Really, we just see it a lot in St. Charles area, Warrington area. It can be anywhere. We've actually hit it and dug out of it. Oh, really? Yeah. It can be spotty too. Like you could have half your house with it, half without it. Kind of random. But I mean, uh, the best thing we can do as a builder is have that engineer, soils engineer, come out. It's three hundred bucks. I mean, it's three hundred bucks well spent in my opinion. I mean, this is the what your house is, the structure of your home. You yeah, because I mean? you don't want it to turn into a thirty thousand dollar fee. No, yeah, fifteen and years down the line. I don't know if anybody's have had to do foundation repairs, but that's not cheap. Yeah, uh, no. The fact. A lot of so, times they want a big down payment. Right. Yeah. A big one. And then it's pretty intensive what they do too. I mean, it's they it's tear up your job. yard. Oh yeah. <laughs> They come in through the back. I've seen it. Yeah, they're putting all kinds of steel reinforcement in. And, but, I mean, if you start off right with the soils engineer, make sure you're on good soil. You shouldn't have these issues. Let's get to the first floor of the home. Okay. We've got a two-story home. Okay. We can talk about the two-story home first and then to use a different uh, 
do you do you do the walls differently if it's a ranch home so it's about the same so whether no, you're a ranch well, or two-story yeah, home we do different every house we do is two by six exterior walls like most builders do two by four um, but you guys do two by six yeah why is that why do you guys well, do that they're stronger straighter and you get more insulation so three reasons and a two by four and a two by six in comparison isn't that much no. money difference not at all. So I think it's money well spent. And anytime you get into insulation things, like I think we talked about in, I forget which podcast, you get your money back. Because you're able to get that extra two inches of insulation, let's say you spent on a house, I'm just going to guess it, maybe $1,500 more to go to two by six. I mean, I bet in two years you got your money back. Oh, just absolutely. Of the extra two inches of insulation. And then it's, it's straighter and stronger, which everybody likes that. You know, siding gets a Final siding gets a bad name because of all the waviness of the siding. Well, believe it or not, a lot of that's a stud that went crazy. It tried out and actually warped. Oh, I didn't know that. It fully dried out, yeah. And and 2x4s do it quite a bit. And 2x6s, it's just enough meat in the wood that it doesn't happen as often. It it can. Uh, Our carpenters are also pretty good. If they're putting it up and it's already crooked, chances are it's going to get worse. So we just go to the side and we'll use it for like braces or blocking in between walls so when you talk about sips and mm-hmm. icf, ICF. What, is, okay. what is sips stand for so sips is a structural insulated panel so it's plywood six inches of foam and then another sheet of plywood and it's it's uh glued together in a factory and adhered like you, know, you cannot get the plywood off this uh foam without destroying the whole wall that's how how well it's glued what does that benefit me with my home? Energy efficient. They got videos of cars parked on these panels. I mean, that's how strong they are. You wouldn't do that to a regular frame. No, no. Stick built wall. That probably wouldn't end well. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and then we've done one house with a SIPS base. They're that strong that you could actually have foundation walls that are SIPS. They're eight inches stick, and then the outside sheet of plywood is marine plywood. So if I wanted to have my basement like that, is that a little more? It is a little more. Well, because you're getting into eight inches thick of foam, crazy strong, really energy efficient. And the the part people can't get past is I've got wood in the ground, which isn't a good scenario in most cases. But I can just tell you, marine plywood's 50-year really? in the weather. Yeah. 50-year guarantee? Yeah. And plus, we're putting uh, Watchdog on it and... Uh. and plastic watchdog is a waterproof system that goes on all of our houses it's not a damp proof it's actual waterproof and it's guaranteed for 10 years not to leak through the wall but that goes on there and plastic and then you're backfilling with three quarters of the way up a gravel so that water goes down not against the wall but down to the footings and out of the drain tile pipe it's a good good system people just don't like the fact that there's wood in the ground Uh, i love the system i would do it there's also other foundation types of foundations that are also great and energy efficient too nowadays like icf which what's icf stand for insulated concrete form so it's, it's a foam form let's say eight inch typically what we do is an eight inch core so the total thickness of this wall with the foam it's got two inches of foam outside and inside it's like 13 inches and then you're still getting eight inches of concrete in the middle i might with, take you with, up on that with a bunch of rebar i mean yeah. there's way more rebar in these things than a uh, typical foundation so they're in my opinion way stronger and it's got an r value of 22 that we can talk about so but the higher the r right the the better the insulation right the less your air conditioner and furnace is running yeah. and that's the less, a, the less you're paying amarin uh, so sign me up or, man. or the cleave 
my house, yeah, yeah, or Spire, because yeah. my house is on sixty-five year-round. Yeah, you'd benefit. I definitely would. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we live in like a, a museum setting. <laughs> yeah, well, think about uh, air, air leakage is number one thing you can do to help keep your air uh, air changes per hour down. There, there's no in SIPs or ICF. There's no air leakage through the wall. And that's a big deal with uh, humidity coming into the house you know we we have uh, energy efficient uh, thermometers in our house yeah the uh, thermostat is digital in most homes now yeah well when you're getting that tight you need the air exchanger which is part of it works with your furnace you know, when i can also keep track of right. all of that i can, can see it all on my phone you can right yeah so and then most of the stuff is automatic so if if it senses uh it needs to be on it turns on itself so it's it's not like it's hard to manage one it, it does it itself if you were to have for some reason a fire or something you know once oxygen burns out fire goes out and if you got an air exchanger bringing air in fire could possibly keep going but then that automatically shuts off also oh it I does mean, yeah it's, it's pretty safe and uh talk about clean living so an air exchanger you get a tight house you know, people say you can get a house too tight, and that's not necessarily the case. But if you've ever been sitting in the living room on a sunny day and you're seeing all these dust particles in the air. Yes, you do okay, see that. So you don't have that with a tight house and with the air exchanger. You don't have that. The only air coming in typically is through that air exchanger. So if you so see those dust filtered. particles, your house is uh, a little leaky? A little leaky. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I remember my parents' home used to have those dust particles that's, you could see. That's what I remember, the sun rays coming in uh-huh. and the dust particles. So I, I did not know that's where they came from. It's a lot cleaner home, too, the tighter you get it. So the other but you got to have the air exchanger, otherwise... Uh, you're going to get mold and stuff like that. Yes. you gotta, you got to have that. Because so. it has nowhere else to go. Right, yeah. So the, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, and I never thought I'd ever care about this until I owned a home. Yeah. Windows. Yeah. What kind of windows are you guys working so with? we do standard Pella yeah. 250 series, which is a vinyl window. Very, very good. So window. you like the vinyl windows? Oh, I love vinyl windows. Because vinyl windows, they can get a bad rap. When they first came out, that's the problem. I mean, nowadays they're all, all pretty good. Uh, there, there's a few companies that I wouldn't recommend, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, for the most part, I mean, you, every window company has window grades, you know, 100, 200, 300 series. Right. You know, so obviously the higher you go up, better mm-hmm. like to me when you get into a pretty high dollar house uh it's it's considered you should have wood windows i don't mind wood windows but i like vinyl windows better that's just me but when you get into the upper <clears throat> upper end homes it's, it's it's expected to have wood windows right and one thing i like about pella windows is they have all different kinds of grades of windows so they they have a builder grade window which we don't use but then they got the 250 300 series and then then they jump into wood windows they've also got uh aluminum windows uh, i mean they can just handle any kind of project we have that, that's what we like about them but it's a great great window we, we feel our customers with a custom home you don't want to have a custom home with builder grade windows no i mean no, no. You, you just don't and then really insulating around a builder grade window as long as it's insulated around you're fine. Yeah, the insulation's key. Yeah, but... I don't want to walk past a window yeah, and fill it. You don't want to have window issues, and then you don't want to be opening your window and hearing ping, ping, ching, ching, you know, all mm-hmm. these noises. You know what I mean? You want a nice, easy to open, easy to lock window. And uh, Pella, like I say, we, we've been using them for 
three years now, and uh, it's just a very good window. Comparing to wood, wood is better. The, the thing I don't like about wood is it expands and contracts. You know, right. it's, it's wood, so in the wintertime, it's harder to open. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I mean, the summertime, it's harder. Summertime, to open. it's harder yeah. to open, yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they've done stuff to their windows to keep that from being an issue. Because you know I mean? that's their job. They yeah. have to innovate. But it's it's wood, but it's clad outside, so it's maintenance-free outside. So it's not like... And then you can get them clear. You can get them painted white. You can get them stained. You can get all that from the factory. But the outside is clad, and it's basically maintenance-free. So and the vinyl, I guess, it, it looks much cleaner. It I does. Think, yeah. So it, it's... And also, it's, it's easier simple, to clean. You know, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, WD-40 <laughs> cleans the vinyl really well. You get some black tar stains on it or, you know, WD-40 takes it right off. One one foundation we didn't talk about, Superior Wall. Yeah, foundation. let's talk about Superior Wall so before we go. Superior Wall is a foundation that's built in a factory. So it is a concrete foundation, and it has studs every two foot. Now, this is all poured at one time, so um, the concrete studs are part of the outer shell of it and it also has foam in it foam is an r12 as it sits and the stud cavity ends up being like a two by six you're already an r12 and you can put an r19 in it oh even better and then the concrete studs have uh chases for electric it's ready for drywall what's cool about that is you don't have to do the frame wall in front of the foundation wall that's i bet your builders like doing that yeah i mean <laughs> it's great that's the same case for the sip you're ready for drywall in the basement it's the same thing for icf you're ready for drywall in the basement and the same thing for superior wall you're ready for drywall in the basement that's a pretty cool thing i think so it does cost a little more but if you're finishing your basement not so much because you don't have to pay for that wall in front of the foundation wall but this is uh built in a factory the superior wall and it's it's set by a crane now the footings on this is a crushed gravel that's compact okay so these foundation walls the bottom of the foundation wall is the footing so the good thing about that filtration remember when we talked about plastic soil and you got two foot of gravel underneath your foundation oh, yeah. and how good of a filtration system that is well that's the same thing here i can have drain tile on the inside of the house or the outside of the house it doesn't matter because the water's you know water rises level and if it's on the outside <clears throat> it'll travel through that crushed gravel footing to the drain tile on the inside we always do inside and outside drain tile okay i was going to ask you about yeah, that because you just want to you just want to get the water out yeah and you know, water finds its easiest path, and we like outside and inside just because it's cheap. And, you know, the drain tile is cheap, you know, so in any way to get water out, and uh, even like your sump pits, uh, if you're a walkout lot, you got a sump pit, okay? So that's a bucket two foot deep. The hole at the top is, I'm gonna say 18 inches round, but it goes two foot down, and then you put a pump in there for when you get water underneath your foundation, the pump will turn on and shoot the water out. out. And, and get it out of the way. So on a walkout situation, a lot of times we can daylight that sump pit. So we'll actually put drain tile from the bottom of the sump pit out to the outside to where it can drain outside. And you technically don't need a sump pump at that point because it can drain on its own. You're always better off to have one, but the problem with the pump when the power goes out, your the water has work. nowhere to go. Yeah. yeah. So then you got to have battery backup. Well, I don't know if you've had any issues with this later, lately, no. but batteries don't last like they used to last. They so, don't. You're right. Uh, and I know with a sump pump, you're supposed to get them inspected every year. And I know that's something people don't do. For uh, sure. It's not even on the radar. Right. You just, you just don't think about it. 
you know, and you shouldn't have to as a homeowner, you know what I mean? But if we can daylight that pit, then you'll never have water too high and come up. In and your, again, your that's a cost-saving thing. That you, it is. I mean. It doesn't cost much. Right. Yeah. Do it now rather than wait. Right, yeah. Because then when you backfill and, and you get your yard right, you can't do this stuff later. You can only do it when you're building it. Mm-hmm. So, And if you can do it, why wouldn't you do it? That's Sounds like a no-brainer to me. Kind of how I think about it. Yeah. So, and then nobody likes a wet basement. We hear that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't like them either. I mean, know? if you have so. a basement, you're you're almost bound to have it happen at least once. But no one likes it. I have had a wet basement before. Yeah. And, you know, you have to have the insurance company come out and yeah. look at it. Well, some some basements, okay, let's take a level lot, and you got a basement. You basically dug a swimming pool. So there's no way to get this water out. The only thing you can do is a sump pump, okay, a pit and a pump. And we recommend in that situation battery backup. If power goes out, it's a rainstorm, usually. It'll just fill up like a pool. Oh, you know yeah. What I mean? So you, you absolutely have to have a pump. And we call that an in-grade basement. Basically, your your lot's level. Where a walkout is not, you know, water will shed to the rear or the side, wherever, right. wherever the walkout is, you know. But when, when you got a level lot and you got a basement, you got an eight-foot hole that can just fill up eight foot high. And you have to have that sump pump. That's, that's a very important overlooked thing in homes, I believe. Well, you just don't, I don't know about overlooked. But, uh, well, and for the yeah, for the for, uh, for the customer, yeah. they just don't think about well, it. Well, the inspectors nowadays won't let that fly without it. You know what I mean? Like St. Louis County now requires the pit and the pump, whether you got to walk out or not. And they're they're looking out for everybody. So I mean, there, there's a requirement. They've seen too many pits. neighborhoods that have had water problems. Yeah. Well, every house we do has a pit. Like yeah. that's no matter what, we got a pit in there. If it's a walkout, you may not need the pump, but we put the pump in anyway. So, just if if water does come in, and then you got to call somebody for a pump, I mean, you may as well be ready. You know what I mean? So yeah, every house we do has one. So and we don't care where we build, you got one. That's so reassuring. That's part of the price. Yeah. That's part of the price. Yeah. So when we talk yeah. about price, you have a a theory, and you guys use it. It's called the white box. Yes. And that is a cost measure yeah. to the consumer. To, the, to your customer, and we will talk about what the white box means to each customer, and how that all works out. You're gonna, you have you have a sheet that tells you yep. what the cost of things are. Right. And we, I want to know on podcast number five how each of those works in my favor, the home buyer. Okay. Okay. So I want you to walk me through that in our next podcast. How's yeah. that sound? L- little little teaser. So we break it into. Let's see, one, two, three, four categories. So we got the shell, we've got the mechanicals, we've got the finishes, and we've got site work. Perfect. And some so, of those site work things I can do, right? If I can. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, like, if I'm an electrician, I can do some electric, electrician work, yeah, right? you got to be licensed. Licensed, yeah. though. Um, if I want to paint, I can paint. Yep, yep. Hey, anybody with a paintbrush is a painter. Yeah. Uh, I've seen some bad paint, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're right. Anybody with a paintbrush is a painter. With that white box, you're going to walk us through in podcast number five. How's that sound? Sounds great. Until next time, everybody. HomeSource Custom Homes has delivered excellence in custom home building for nearly four decades. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This is a presentation of AO Creative and JM Talent Productions.